Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with the professor, John Clayton. And welcome to School with the Professor. And boy, what a pleasure this is to be able to say Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson. Hall of Famer's been waiting for some time right now. And he joins us here on School with the Professor. So kind of take us through the Saturday, you know, how it all started in the morning. And then finally, when David Baker was able to knock on your door and basically said, your life has now been changed. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... uh it's it's crazy. Um, you know, you're down there. Obviously, you're in the room, so you know, you know how much, how heavy the situation is. What, what you know, all the emotions involved in it. But but really, it starts Friday um, for me. It really wasn't Saturday morning because Thursday night you get in and there's a there's a cocktail event for that the hall puts on that that uh, the finalists go to, and then Friday afternoon you have the Merlin Olson luncheon that takes up. You know, um, the, the the last hour of the morning runs into about two o'clock, and then really from about two thirty on Friday afternoon, for twenty four hours there is nothing, and so that twenty four hours is like the longest twenty four hours. Keep yourself occupied, trying to keep your mind from going on, uh, you know, going off on tangents on, you know, in this scenario, does this guy get in? What am I getting? You know, all that stuff. So, so really the. The waiting, the anticipation starts Friday. And so Saturday morning, unlike the last two Super Bowls where I was, uh, I was lucky enough to be a finalist in the uh, Minnesota Super Bowl and then last year in Atlanta, the weather in South Florida is so just a tad bit better, you know? Yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> so, bit. So I got up Saturday morning and got a cup of coffee. And my wife and I just kind of walked. We walked the beach. We, we, we walked nonstop. And it was, it was nice to get out and kind of burn that nervous energy. Um, but before you knew it, it was time to head back to the hotel, um, get ready because re- regardless of what happens, you- you've got to get dressed like you're going to the NFL honor show. And so here you are, you know, getting ready and putting, you know, dress clothes on, uh, putting a tie on, knowing very well that there's a good chance, you know, you- I'm not going to get in again. So, so you're kind of dressing for the party, knowing that you're almost dressing <laughs> for your own funeral too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's a, that's an added twist right there. But so, so I'm in the room at two o'clock. Of course, they say be in your room at two. We hope to have the vote done by two two thirty, and then um, two thirty and between two thirty and three thirty, you'll you'll find out. You'll either get the call or the knock. Well, last year, I think what had happened was. David came and knocked on everybody's door, and then he tried to personally call as many people as he could to let them know we didn't make it. So I, I think just so happened I was the last one on the call list last year. So I was. It was very late for me to get any kind of, you know, I didn't know any kind of confirmation whether I had made it or not until late in the afternoon um, last year. And so I was like one of the last ones to get the call. So here I am. It's about three twenty-five. You know, I'm just going on what they said. You'll know by 3.30, and I'm going, oh, here we go again. Am I, am I going to have am I the last one to get called again? I'm going to have an extra 10 minutes of torture before before I find out. And so, you know, I had gotten texts, um, you know, from, from people like, hey, you know, I think this person got a call or this person had gotten a call. The fact that you haven't heard anything I think is good news. So, so then, so then the, the you know the the anxiety kicks in even a little higher, and then about three, I guess I was pacing back and forth, and then trying you know peeking out of the peak hole in my room, and then about three 
I guess it was about three thirty four. I looked through the the peephole in my door, and you get you know you get that fishbowl effect as everybody knows looking through a peephole, and I see two people standing on the opposite side of the hall, uh, over in the corner of the thing, and I turned to my wife and I. I said, I think there's people out there, and it didn't look like it was normal hotel staff, like waiting to, you know, maybe service a room or anything. And as soon as I kind of turned around, I heard the knock, and instantly, you just, you just, you know, it's all that anxiety, all that waiting, all those years of playing, all, all the years of high school football, all the two a days, all the sweat, all the pee wee football, the whether you even like this sport or not. I think that all rushes in your head at once because. Literally, it, you're you're closing the book on a career that you've been playing your whole life, and that knock right there, right then, just kind of just does it instantly. It's hard to explain. It's it's a it's a feeling, an emotional feeling, and just a just a sense of accomplishment and uh, everything all at once, you know. And it had to be. And so once you get that knock and uh, what was your reaction, your wife's reaction? And how did well, you handle I mean, it? The first thing and, there, you know, my wife had taken a video. Um, she had set up her phone in the room and kind of she said, I don't know when it's going to come, if it's going to come, but I'm going to have it on video. So she had an hour and a half of footage of me just pacing for most of it. But the video, you know, and I, you don't realize what happened. It's a blur when you get the knock. But when you go back and look at it, my first reaction was. You know, my wife and my two kids that were in the room with me, they, we all kind of run, you know, come together and have a big emotional hug. And then it's just, I think everybody, I think, even though my kids weren't old enough at the time of me playing to realize how much a part of a, your life that is and how much goes into it, um, they they know from just having been around me and knowing this through the, this procedure the last couple of years, how special and how how unique it is. And I think they were emotionally spent for me. And so we have a big group hug. And then, you know, of course I answer the door and David's there. And, um, uh, you know, he, like you said at the beginning, he, he said, this is, you know, you, 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 you know, you're, you're coming to Canton and you're ready for your life to be changed. And, and boy, he, he wasn't, he wasn't kidding because like I said, you find that you, you just feel an instant, instant sense of you're part of something bigger now, you know? Well, how would you describe, because now you have all this reflection of the entire career from the very beginning, how would you describe a Steve Hutchinson Hall of Fame career? Well, it's a little, I would say, admittedly, it's a little unique. It's a little different. Um, having having left Seattle on the terms that I left Seattle with, with uh, the way my contract played out, going into free agency and then going to Minnesota. Um, I would say, you know, obviously you start playing the game because you want to win a Super Bowl and you want to, you want to be, you know, you're watching the, the, the Chiefs parade, um, you know, when I, when I was watching it earlier in the week and you just said, man, it's, that's something I never got a chance to do. And I had the opportunity once in Seattle and didn't go our way. Got close again in Minnesota. Never got to the big game. We were one game away losing the NFC Championship game. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, would, like to, I would like to think I came in, you know, I was, I was asked to, to do a job and hold a standard. And, uh, you know, standards aren't r- really my goal. I, I want to go above and beyond it. So I would like to think I came in 
I had a part in helping the team get from you know where we were, uh, uh, you know, a nine and seven, eight and eight team, working our way out, making it to a Super Bowl, then having gone to another team that was in a similar situation when I got there, you know, a, a team that had just changed coaches and. Um, you know, wasn't having the success that they had, they had hoped they'd have, and to be a part of a another build and a rebuild there, and you know, again, make it from six and ten my first year in Minnesota to twelve and four just a couple years later. Um, I'd like to think that at the end of the day, I, I did everything I could to help my team get better, and, and really, as an offensive lineman, that, that's really all you can say. And the great thing is, is about this this league is really all you do is to play for the respect of the guys that came before you you know when you have you know I, you know this that weekend last weekend in miami was so great on so many levels and not just because i got into the hall of fame or found out i was going in this this fall it was because i got to rub elbows a little extra time with guys that i grew up watching and to have some of these guys kind of come up to you and say man you you played the game right, or really respected how you played the game. You know, it's it's a great it's a great feeling because then you know you you know you were legit. Kind of you get legitimized by a guy that you looked up to. You you just wanted to do it the right way, and then for him to say, you know what, you did it the right way, and that's all you can. At the end of the day, that's all you can ask for in this business. One of, the, one of the things that was said in the room was that uh, Quentin Nelson, who's with the Indianapolis Colts, is you know, certainly one of the best guards to come in to the league in many years. And uh, and they ask him, it's like, who do you compare yourself to? And he says, uh, Steve Hutchinson. And so he looked up to you that way. And when you came here as a first-round pick in Seattle, I mean, you made an instant impact on that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, again, that, that's – you know that's what, what I'm talking about. When I when I you know when you come in the league, you you want to you just want to hold the standard that the guys ahead of you set. And, and you know the people you know haven't you tell me all the time. Well, you were the nastiest, you were the meanest offensive lineman. You you know you, you all this stuff. And and for a guy to come in, for a guy to come in now uh, into the league and and look at something I did, my body of work, and say I want to emulate that. You know, it, it makes you feel good, me personally. But I also know that, again, that's just another example of how I wanted to do things the right way because now I got the generation after me wanting to come in and do it that way. And, and here he is making a difference in the game by the way he plays, you know, taking a, a, a team in Indy that had been known for a long time to have, uh, to put it lightly, a subpar offensive line. And he's kind of personally changed the attitude of that group and that line and that offense. And, and you know, to think, you know, directly or indirectly, I, I had a, you know, something to do with that. That makes you feel good. You know, the fact that he's saying, I, I look to him to, to, to play my game that, that same way. And that's, you know, that's a good feeling. Oh, no doubt about it. How nasty were you? Would you call it nasty, relentless? How, what would you describe the style that you, know, you had? I, I don't know. You know, I just I think relentless would be more the word. You know, I, I always hear guys. Um, I always hear guys talk like, "Oh, you, you get ready when you play this guy. He's a talker." You know, and and I wasn't much of a talker um, during games. Um, I, I didn't really feel the need to to kind of talk smack. Um, but I noticed that all these guys that were supposedly talkers, when I lined up against them, they didn't really say much. So I don't know if they kind of just knew 
like again, I took that as another another kind of a, a compliment, a different way to take a compliment. You know, you got a guy who's used to running his mouth all game, and then he lines up against me, and he, I think he just knows it's going to be a long day. And I think that that's probably the best answer I could give to your question was it, relentless. Like I can't lose it. I don't want to lose it anything. I don't want to lose a monopoly game. I don't want to lose. Uh, a friendly poker game. I sure as hell don't want to lose to a guy when it's third and eight and we need to get this first down to, to continue to drive, you know? So, um, I, I just, I just did, I didn't want to lose. It was a relentless thing. And, and, um, at the end of the day, I, 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 I just didn't want to be beat. One of the things that was also so great about your career was your intelligence and how you were able to really, even though you may not have said a lot, you were able to help the whole offensive line get better with what you did and also what you did internally. Right. You know, I, I, when I came into the league, um, I was fortunate to be put on a line with with a couple of great veterans, um, Rob Toback, our center, and, and Chris Gray. Both, I think they were nine-year vets going into it when I got there, and of course, Walt was, you know, you, you know, at that point in his career, was a hall already a, a, a pro bowler. He'd already made a pro bowl a couple, once or twice, and so he was one of the solid left tackles in the league. So, so I had a good group of guys around me, and I, I wanted I wanted to think that I knew the game of football um, fairly well when I got drafted. Uh, but then you you, be, you're, you're, you start to sit in the room in the meeting room with these guys like Chris Gray and Rob Tobeck, and you realize. Well, I, I, yeah, I knew football, but I really didn't know why I knew football. I didn't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know why, you know, we're looking over here for this situation. And, and, and so I learned how to watch film, and I learned how to really read defenses and kind of figure out what we need to do to make each and every play work. And so, you know, as defenses evolve and you're starting to play these these hybrid three fours with the Rex Ryan defenses in Baltimore, and then the, the Patriots kind of come out with their their kind of a uh, different looks. You know, there's a lot of stuff that the game had kind of evolved. You know, about midway through my career, and I thought I thought it was real key for the guards in our offense to really talk because the quarterback's got a big. You know, he's he's changing plays or he's adjusting routes. And you know, you know, our, our center's got his head between his legs, looking for a, a foot on, on shotgun on third and long. And so, really, the guards we were, we were the ones look, looking at the defense, looking at the landscape, and kind of picking it out. And I thought, you know, when you have guys up front that can that can be confident and get the offense going in the right direction in critical situations, obviously you're, you're going to be better. You have a better chance to you know convert that third down or keep that drive going. And you know, one of the things I always kind of prided myself on was um, being a student of the game, knowing situations. And I think, uh, you know, you just kind of you just kind of learn from it. And, and, yeah, I think Matt Hasselbeck would joke that I, I was the guy he turned to in the four-minute part of the games where we were trying to work, you know, run the clock out. And he wanted to know, if do we have to run a play? How many timeouts do they have? Do, can we just kneel on it? And I, I would quick do the, the, the number crunching and figure out what we needed to do. Hmm, pretty impressive. And the, the great part about the game that you had, too, is you were able to establish so many great years for running backs, whether it's Sean Alexander, Adrian Peterson, right. but also the completeness of your game in the sense that uh, in, what, seven years, you gave up three and a half sacks or less, and you also didn't have many holding penalties, only nine holding penalties during your entire career. That's phenomenal. Yeah, well, I, you know, there's there's also there, there's going to be guys more athletic, stronger, bigger, faster, all that stuff. I just knew that 
you know, my game really came down to being a technician. And so, you know, I, I really prided myself on, on you know, I, I, I was fortunate also to have some good offensive line coaches in my career. My, Tom Lavat, longtime offensive line coach in, in this league. Um, I, I was fortunate to be there with him my first three or four years in Seattle. And he was a stickler on technician. You know, it, it was almost he, he stripped everything away and just really made about your first step, your first two steps, where your hands go, where you know where, where you should be looking, your eyes. And really, for as complicated as, as a lot of people make the game of football out to be, it really comes down to that. I mean, it really comes down to putting yourself as an offensive lineman in position to keep the guy you're trying to keep away from the ball. And so, you know, you mentioned the fact that I only had X amount of holding calls or, you know, the, you, you, you know, I just, again, I, I, in pass protection, I prided myself on being where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there. And, um, you know, the, the uh, God gave me enough talent to kind of move my feet along with it and keep the guy out of there. But, but I, I did pride myself on the run. You know, I, I think having played ball at, in the big 10, you know, more of a old school three yards in a cloud of dust style offense. We had in Michigan, I did pride myself on running the ball and I did, you know, and that's back when you kind of, you kind of earn the, the chance to throw the ball and make big plays based on how tired you got the defense from kicking their butt, running the ball at them. So, um, yeah, I was fortunate to have a, a stable of uh, backs behind me that, that are some really quality players. Um, but, yeah, we, it just really didn't seem like who uh, who we were playing against, who was lining up in the backfield, whether it be Sean Alexander, Adrian Peterson, Chester Taylor. We were going to run it at them, you know, and um, – and we, we, we found a way to, to make it work, and we were, we were pretty good at it on the, on the teams I was on. Have you figured out who's going to be your presenter? Yeah, so um, my, my center, Rob Tilbeck, is going to be my presenter. Um, that's, you know, he, he kind of, like I said in the beginning, he was kind of the guy that took me under his wing when I got there day one as a rookie and really kind of showed me the ropes on how to be a pro along with Chris. But, but yeah, those, those you know, that – I figured that would be a fitting way to to go. Would be you know um, have a guy like that that I can show his my appreciation to him for him helping me you know kind of kickstart my career on the right path and you know do all the things the right way. Well, and of course it's great to see one of my neighbors uh, doing that for you because again it's so good. Yeah, to yeah, see you it. guys can all you guys can have cigars and talk over that. <laughs> there you I'm go. Sure he'll- <laughs> hey, Steve, congratulations. It's It's been overdue, but I'm glad it finally got in. Steve Hutchinson, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Thanks for joining us on School with the Professor. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.